Well, hey there. I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters, and I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who's been covering beauty, style, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all of the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll find the foremost experts to unearth what's new, what works, and even what you shouldn't waste your money on. I'm on the hunt for the latest and greatest discoveries and strategies to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. My guest today is Beth Badalino. She is the Chief Executive Officer of Healthy Woman. Beth has worked in the healthcare industry for more than 25 years, helping to define and drive public education programs on a broad range of women's health issues. Healthy Woman connects to millions of women across the country through its wide program distribution and innovative use of technology. Beth serves as the organization's chief spokesperson, regularly participating in corporate, nonprofit, community, and media events. She is also a practicing nurse, nurse, excuse me, and maternal child health at Riverview Medical Center, Hackensack, Meriden Health in Red Bank, New Jersey. In addition to her nursing degree, Beth holds degrees in political science, business, and public administration from Marymount University. How are you doing, Beth? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I am excited to talk about women's issues. Good. All you're right. Talk, you're talking so, to the right person. There you go. So what is the mission behind Healthy Women? So we are an independent, not-for-profit women's health organization focusing on women in the middle, 35 to 64, um, making sure that they have the information and resources that they need to make an educated decision about their health. And what kind of uh, initiatives, like what, what are some of the topics that are big in this demographic? So midlife health, um, menopause, um, fertility, and, and having babies. Um, the biggest jump for first-time moms are women over 35. Um, so we're seeing a lot of first-time moms um, in advanced maternal age, so over that 35. Um, they're also concerned about head-to-toe, so Alzheimer's, brain health. Um, they, it's all about aging smart and aging well with this, this group, which I, yep, you're raising your hand, so I know yep. you're, yeah. I'm a big advocate for aging well. Uh, aging well, and- aging smart. We, you know, the whole thing is, um, Lauren, is that there has been so many advancements in women's health. So I'm one of those people that is glass half full. Do we still have more work to do? Absolutely. But I've seen even since I came out of college in the early 90s, um, when I, women's health to me was going to my OBGYN and getting a contraception um, prescription. Um, and I've seen the continued advancements in education. I've seen advancements in the um, understanding of preventative screenings and how they save lives. I've seen the advancements of understanding your family history and knowing that and making sure you use those healthy, those, that information to help inform you and your life. Um, and I've seen osteoporosis being something that we do not need to live with. Um, it's preventable. Cervical cancer, preventable. The importance of vaccines and keeping us healthy. 
Oh, very interesting. So let's, can we talk a bit about osteoporosis? How do you say it's preventable? Like, let's talk about that. It's something we don't, we haven't really touched upon a lot on this podcast yet. So, so, yep. So it's preventable, meaning that if you, you know, I remember my great grandmother, they said she, you know, she, she fell and broke her hip. And normally that's not the case. It's usually her hip had gave out and that's why she fell because she had osteoporosis. She lived to 102 but um, wasn't known that, you know, uh, making sure that you had vitamin, you know, calcium, that you ate um, green vegetables, everything that had were high in vitamin and, and calcium, the importance mm-hmm. of drinking milk or supplements, right? There re- really wasn't supplements or talk about supplements during that, her time. Um, and fast forward, my mother has osteoporosis, six kids, again, you know, born in the 50s, wasn't you know, huge milk drinker or whatever, but we all know that all my sisters and I know that. So the importance of making sure we do weight bearing exercises that we, um, it understanding what our calcium levels are. So if we need to take a supplement, we can take that supplement, um, and prevent osteoporosis. So it's so important to understand your family history. If you're are, if you are at risk, and being able to adjust that so that you can, again, age smart and age well. And for women that may be going through a cancer diagnosis and treatment, it's really important to have that game plan because chemotherapy and radiation can affect your bones. So understanding what some of the hurdles will be and making sure that you're having that conversation with your healthcare provider and you're protecting yourself before you start treatment, during treatment, and after treatment is so important. So you're saying stay one step ahead. Stay basically. one step ahead, right. right. That's, and, and we have the tools. That's the whole thing. Like we should, you know, at this juncture in 2023, we have so many of the tools to help us age smart and age, age well, but we're not applying them. And this is because <laughs> what we found in a recent survey we did of over 6,000 women, and it's part of our national action plan, is that we know this. But we still feel it's selfish to put mm-hmm. ourselves on the A list. Do you agree? Like, are you seeing? Are you? Oh yeah, I think yeah. women. We're just we give to others, Always. and we think we think that self care is selfish. And oh. I think that being around for your family as long, and it, not just being around, but being around healthy for your family is, is not selfish. I think obviously that is, you know, so I think that should be a part of a woman's game plan. And hopefully people like you, people like me, you know, we're the one thing I just had somebody on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and we were saying our generation, Gen X, we're vocal and we want to age differently than our parents did, you know? So we're, we're getting loud and we're getting it done. Thank God. I mean, we're starting to, we're having conversations about things like menopause, which right. we know didn't talk about 20 years oh. ago. I mean, oh. that was not a, I talked to my mom about getting my period, but I can't even tell you how many times we talked about menopause, which was like, I can count on one hand, you know? So, but do you remember when you were getting your period too, it was all quiet and you hid your, you hid your supplies, right? Like I just remember like you would just make sure everything was kind of tucked in behind the toilet or whatever on the side and that everything was zipped or in the, it's just so, so you, you know, as, as women age, instead of celebrating, we're hiding. Right. And the same with menopause, like no one wants to admit 
that you're starting, like what's going on with my body? What's going on? Like all of a sudden you can't sleep and you're having hot flashes and your brain's getting fuzzy and you can't remember. And so we're trying to hide, but I feel you're absolutely right. Um, we're seeing more and more people coming out and talking about it. We're seeing celebrities sharing, you know, um, their, their stories and starting new businesses that focus on midlife health. So it's not, you know, it's not a disease and it's not a condition. It's a normal part of aging. And we need to start embracing that and celebrating this chapter. I agree. I mean, every woman is going to go through menopause if she reaches middle age. I mean, that's just no escaping it. No escape. Unless you're no longer on this earth. Right. And there's so women that unfortunately have to go go through menopause before because of surgical or chemically induced menopause. Right. And so it's making mm-hmm. sure she, she gets a hug too. And she understands like, it's okay. We've got your back and here's what you need to do. I agree a hundred percent. I we're on the same page on that one. So I just think that having the conversation, women not feeling stigmatized and talking about it, uh, is just, doing good for everybody. It just needs yeah. to be a conversation that happens and it's happening. It's happening. I mean, even in the past couple of years, I'm amazed at how much more I hear about menopause and it's really just skyrocketed lately, which is fantastic, which is great. So no, I, yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why we shifted, um, to women in the middle that 35 to 64 is because, you know, as we've been discussing, no one's taking care of her. Right. So we're taking care of everyone else. And I always like to use that comparison of when you're on the airplane, you know, oxygen mask goes on you first and then you take care of. So just just a gentle nudge, ladies, like put your oxygen mask on because it's true. You need to take care of you and then you can take care of everyone else. Well, the thing is, too, when you're in the middle, you know, the sandwich, we're in that sandwich, you know, generation part, you're you are possibly still taking care of kids. And now you've got aging parents. You need to be healthy. You got a lot on your shoulders. You really do. It's 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 a tough time as far as you know what's expected of you and your responsibilities as a parent, as a daughter, and it's just a lot. So you need to be healthy. So let me ask you, what is the National Action Plan Aging Smart Aging Well Report and initiative and why is it so important to women? You know, it it's a action plan that we pulled together and it's based on everything we've been talking about, it was just something that I started thinking about. And I I thought about when, you know, I started in women's health um, in the late nineties and, you know, launched healthy women. Um, I, I, all of a sudden last year, I'm like, you know, to my team, I'm like, I'm using the same sound bites that I did in the, in 2000. Like I cannot continue using these same sound bites. Like, Hey, mammograms are important. Get your mammogram. Um, You know, H, you know, cervical cancer can be prevented. Um, the importance of vaccines, the importance of, you know, heart health and knowing, you know, the signs and symptoms are different from, for women than they are for men. Like I'm using these same sound bites and I'm like, are we, or have we learned from all the education healthy women's done and some of the other great women's health organizations have done from all the direct-to-consumer advertisements that you're seeing on television, that you're being bombarded, and all the new websites that have popped up, are we better, you know, are we healthier? Are we taking care of ourselves better than we did 10 years ago, 15 years ago? Are we? Are we? No. 
No. And that's the whole thing that I'm just like, stop. Like we need to. And, and most of the women said, you know what? And we asked them, how do you feel about your health? And they're okay. And I'm like, okay, okay. is not okay. <laughs> like being okay is not, not okay. Right. Like, so we need to advance this. You should be feeling awesome. Like you should be feeling like you are at the top of your game and that you understand and that you know where to go to for important health information and that you are prepared when you're meeting with your healthcare provider with questions. And, you know, you, we are at the point now where we can say, you know what, I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to seek a second opinion or maybe a third opinion, right? Like, so self-advocacy, your self-advocacy is so important, right? And so Mm -hmm. this national action plan really hyper-focused on women in the middle. um, And it really looked at women's health from head to toe and making sure that we understand where there still are gaps. So there's still gaps in educational needs, and there's a need to really look at health disparities and different, you know, different, you know, rural health is different than urban health. And how can we, what can we do and what is needed from an educational perspective, from from a consumer side, as well as healthcare professional side to start bringing this gap together? So, so that what what were some of the other results then that you the survey that stood out to you? Um, you another result. Yep. So, um, overwhelmingly, a majority, about sixty two percent of women, reported barriers that prevented them from taking care of their own health. Um, many women have difficulty affording healthcare, so mm-hmm. that didn't surprise us either, right? Because we know that's that that's across the board that especially in this day and age, there's still such, it's, you know, our health, we do not have a healthcare system. Like I I wish I could say like it it isn't a system. Um, It's very, very broken and it just needs to be revamped. Easier said than done, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that um, affording healthcare, um, despite even having insurance, the rising cost of deductibles and co-payments are making it increasingly difficult for the average person to get the healthcare that they need. And then, um, and that's only if they can actually get a diagnosis. So it's still hard for so many women to get that diagnosis. And for instance, like endometriosis, seven Mm -hmm. to 10 years for a woman to get an accurate diagnosis. And this is the same, this seven to 10 is the same number I was using 15 years ago when we were talking about it. So that hasn't gotten better. Hasn't gotten better. You know, I think you know, over the recent years, you know, a couple of years, you're seeing more direct to consumer, um, education on television, on radio about, you know, women presenting with endometriosis, you're getting healthcare providers that are specializing in earlier detection. So I think that's going to help and help bridge that gap. But again, you know, seven to 10 years is not okay to live with something like endometriosis, right? It's not, not okay. at all. No. no. Boy, you're right. It hasn't gotten better, has it? And then even cardiovascular disease and heart heart attacks. It's so funny. I was talking to one of our um, Women's Health Advisory Council members, Dr. Nisa Goldberg, who's one of the renowned um, uh, cardiovascular doctors, yep. female yep. cardiovascular, and she started the Go Red movement. And yep. uh, she's a dear I friend. Know, I know. Oh, I you know, know the name. Yes. Well, yeah. I don't know her personally, but I definitely know her name. Right. She's, I know who she is. She's lovely. And she right. was saying to me, you know what, Beth? we're going to have to start doing education again, you know? And she said, we were making such a great momentum, but now 
it's going backwards. And we're going to need to start doing the whole, you know, one-on-one on how women present and do not, you know, put this off. And it's not that crushing pain that men feel, you know, it can, it has different signs and symptoms, but more women die from heart yes. attacks and cardiovascular than, um, than men. So we need to start doing more education again and looking at gestational diabetes and your, and women's heart after they have the babies. Like there's just so many different things that we need to focus on. So there is still a lot that we need to do, but these are some of the things that you're going to see healthy women kind of embracing and relaunching again. I find that interesting that the heart health has slid backwards. I thought we were making headway. Oh my gosh. I thought, I know. I thought we were too. I thought we were too. And there is just such a need. Um, And then, you know, it hasn't, what also drives me crazy is that there's still so many women that get their symptoms dismissed, like that's in your head, or you're, you're just tired, or you're just stressed, you know, and one survey we did too, this is, and I I think Mm -hmm. this will resonate with your audiences, um, that if you are not feeling stressed and anxious, then you're not normal. Since when, and I'm like, oh we brought this on ourselves. Like we're all yeah. like, so stressed. like we, if we do not say like, Hey, how are you doing Lauren? And you're like, Oh, I'm like, it's crazy. Like, I'm so crazy. I've got like, if we just say, Hey, I'm great. Then you kind of look at like, what, what do you mean? You're great. Like, what are you doing? What do I need to be? Um, at least these last few years. Yeah. 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 It's a loaded oh. question now. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a loaded question. And it's just like, it, women are saying like, if I don't feel um, overstressed and um, if I don't have high anxiety, then I feel like I'm not normal. So we're operating at high levels of stress, like flight or fight constantly. Wow. Yeah. And to everything you said is because we are not, it's not about us. It's about everything around us, right? We can't say no. We're taking care. Even our, our dog will get higher placement on the list than, than us. Like we will not cancel the vet appointment, but guess what? I'll cancel my mammogram or I'll cancel my OBGYN appointment, you know, to make sure that everyone else is taken care of. And I I'll reschedule it when I get around to it. And then all of a sudden you're like a year later, like, oops, I forgot to get that mammogram. Oh yeah. 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 I'm constantly, I'm on top of it. But I, if somebody slips in front of me and says, oh, you know, I haven't got my, I'm like, get your mammogram. What right. are you doing? Like, just right. Right. Oh yeah. I, I hear you. Okay. So um, aging is a fact of life, yet for many women, there's still a negative stigma associated with getting older. How can we change the conversation and learn to celebrate this time in our lives? I think we can, um, it's not just us, it's going to be a whole educational initiative, right? So it's, it's all about, you know, I love the word and the, my team came up with some really creative things, but it's all about pro-aging, right? No one, it's not anti-aging because it's not like I want to go back and be 18 again maybe 27, right. um, (laughs) Maybe, um, maybe. Right. But it's, it's all about pro-aging and it's making sure that we educate ourselves. We educate our healthcare professionals that we're educating the companies that are making products for women that we don't want to anti-age. We want to pro-age and we want to be in control or as much control as we possibly can. And then it's not self put ourselves on the A list and start, you know, the more that we talk about menopause and when someone says, 
menopause is a condition or kind of puts it under a disease category. No, it's not. Like we are going to celebrate who we are. And I think it was interesting. Um, I didn't watch the Emmy Awards recently or the Oscar Awards or whatever show it was on lately, but did you watch it? And so everyone's wearing their gray and Andy McDowell, who I love. She's gorgeous. um, I mean, she looks beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. You know, the more that, you know, it's, I love them, but it's also like the more celebrities kind of step out and show, um, you know, women start like, Hey, it's okay. Did you see so-and-so that that's, that's acceptable. Emma, Emma Thompson, uh, yeah. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, mm-hmm. what I love is that the red carpet this year has just been a celebration of women in midlife and it's been fabulous. I so mean, there, there you go. So that's part yep. of the answer, right? It's just yep. giving women the permission to like, say, you know what? I'm 45 or I'm 55. And I think about, you know, it's funny. I remember one magazine that I absolutely loved, which was more magazine. Um, mm-hmm. Jane Seymour was the editor and it was a magazine that was created for women 40 plus. And I just remember looking at that magazine and saying, these women are stunning. And like, this is how I want to age, you know? And it's just showed what they're doing and like the, the, that there's no reason at that point that you can't reinvent yourself or take on that next chapter and make it exciting and meaningful. And I just think there's so much that we need to celebrate. And so Healthy Women is putting a stake in the ground where we, li- we just released our national action plan. It's all about right. aging smart, aging well. And we're looking at um, aging from head to toe. It's not just about reproductive or breasts. That's great. I, I love that. I think, I think things are changing, but... So what are some of the ways women can address pro-aging messages to help them live their best lives? So we talked a little bit about the importance of screenings and preventative Mm -hmm. health. Um, We can do a better job of providing support systems to women and create more advocacy groups to embrace women in aging. Education, information, and resources need to be more widely available. Um, As a society, we must learn to listen to women and destigmatize uncomfortable health conversations, right? Like menopause and aging is not, should not be uncomfortable. It's a normal part of our aging and our living. Um, and it should not be destigmatized. And finally, it's important to educate policymakers about the needs of women and gaps in women's health. So you'll see healthy women addressing education, um, science and innovation, and absolutely policy. Good. Are you, I hope you're uh, headed up to Capitol Hill. Women need, you know, good. I am so glad to hear that because I think that's where things need to start changing um, from a policy standpoint. And also what, okay. So I heard this and I found this so disturbing that women and men in medical school get, if they're lucky, like one hour of menopause training. And that's like rare. So how do so we you know change what, that? I, so I can tell you what's being done in that. Um, Good. So nurse practitioner schools are really wrapping their arms around this and making sure that there's curriculums now that are being developed and mandated in in, um, in, in their curriculum. The American Medical Women's Association has created curriculum for um, midlife health menopause, and they're going to be rolling that up too. So there is definitely, we're moving in the right direction, my friend. Oh, good. 
right that direction. makes me really happy. I know. When I heard that, that was, wow. I'm like, no wonder my OB didn't take me very seriously when I was talking about menopause. No. But And there's, you know. and the North American Menopause Society has done a great job too in, yeah, you know, educating yep, healthcare providers, healthcare professionals, um, and making sure those professionals that do want to specialize um, or focus on midlife health, they have great um, continuing uh, medical education. Um, they do a great job with their conference. And there's more that needs to be done because not all you know, of these NAM certified um, healthcare professionals are living in rural areas that you know access and affordability is still going to be a huge issue. But that's a policy you know, that comes under, under our policy vertical, which we'll take on. And then I would be remiss not to mention, you know, technology um, and innovation and the important role um, that this will continue to play as far as access um, to healthcare professionals. Um, at, you know, as you age, it's, you know, it's even more important. Um, clinical trials that include women, um, making sure that we have a diverse population of women in those clinical trials is going to continue to be important and that we can keep them in the clinical trials. So COVID even though it was crazy, there's some COVID positive, no pun intended, that came out of that. And the <laughs> embracement of technology and telehealth um, has, True. you know, it opened the doors on that and people have embraced it and are being and are utilizing it. So that's a good thing. Well, that's really good too for women that live in rural areas that might not have the same access as those of us that live in, you know, urban places where we are a little bit more advanced in, right. in that. So everybody should have access. That is true. Right. Um, uh, many women in midlife are at the peak of their career, taking care of children, aging parents. We talked about this and their partners. No matter how many times we hear the phrase, put your own oxygen mask before others, like you said, many women do not take their own health and self-care or make it a priority. Why do we continue to put ourselves last? when it comes to our own well-being. I think we've kind of touched on this. I think but. we did. You know, I just think it's because we're women and we always make sure everyone else is taken care of first. And we we also feel, you know, we discussed a little bit in the beginning that selfish, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be seen as selfish if I keep, you know, my, you know, workout routine, like my, you know, I go to whatever orange theory and, you know, work yeah. out every day and someone's going to think like, oh, you know, look at her. She has time to do that. But, you know, so something else gets dropped off or, you know, lost in the shuffle. So I do think this feeling of selfishness, but to your point, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be there to take care of your family. And I, you know, I have a t-shirt and I have a running group and we say we're better moms because we run and it's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen, even just for my mental health, not a lot, oh. not a lot alone, my physical health, I really find like I didn't work out today and I'm like, ah, you know, I know yeah. I have to go tomorrow or I'm, it's not going to be good. You know, know. Um, I'm the same. I'm the same way, Lauren. It's like, it's just, <laughs> or sometimes I'm like, I can't take this call until I, or I'm going to take the call, but I'm going to be on a walk or something because. Oh I'm yeah. Just, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I love doing calls with my, you know, earbuds and yeah. I go for a walk, got the dog leash in one hand, got some fresh air. Yep. Multitask. Totally. <laughs> that's, the, that's the name of the game. I don't think right? that's going to go away, but I'm okay with that. Like I'll, yeah, I don't do any of it well when I multitask. No, I don't either. <laughs> like my emails are not good or my texts, but <laughs> it's okay. Thank God okay. we all under, it's okay. So what is 
one piece of advice you would give to my listeners who are excited about this stage in their life? If they are excited, because like to me, it, there are things that are exciting about it, like not getting my period anymore and being older and wiser. But the things I'm not excited are like not remembering what I ate for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, uh, my bones cracking like a glow stick. Um, you know, there you take the good with the bad. And sometimes like you can in the same day, even in the same 10 minutes, you can be like, I got this. Everything's great. And then you're like, oh, God it's not so great. Why is like, what is this that's popping up on my face? You know, like what, right. what is the advice you could give us to women that are excited or why they should be excited? I think, I think we should be excited because it's the, it's the next chapter, right? And that, um, it, the importance, if you take, there is an opportunity now to learn things that our mother did not have the opportunity to learn and mm-hmm. to, to move that forward. Right. So in one way, it's not, it's not our mother's menopause, right? But we can learn and we know so much more than they did 10, 15, 20 years ago. And to think about aging, not in a negative way. And yes, there's some days that you're going to wake up and say, oh my gosh, where did I get this? Is there more wrinkles or what do I need to do? But to think about it as like, it's okay. And there are options for me and I am going to age smart and I'm going to age well. And I am going to make sure that I embrace where I am right now and be thankful for where I am right now and see aging as a gift. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a gift. Otherwise you'd be dead. So, you know, you, it's hard, it's hard. And I think also what makes it hard is that, you know, we live in a society that's so youth centric. And, you know, now you're even seeing like 25 year olds getting Botox and rearranging their faces and doing crazy stuff instead of, I mean, what's going to happen to them when they are in their fifties, they're going to freak out. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I I was listening to a radio show about breast implants for like 21, uh, like teens and I don't know, like high school gifts. I'm like, what, what are we, what are we teaching? But I think that's the smaller segment than, you know, the bigger population here. And I think what we need to do to remember is that, um, you know, there has been so much, so many advancements in health and women's health, and there will continue to be advancements in women's health. And it's not selfish to put yourself on the A-list. We know you're never going to be number one, but as long as you come before the dog, number three, it's, it's, we're moving it in the right direction and the importance of taking care of yourself and understanding that it is okay to say no. You, you are saying all the things that I preach. So I love it. I love it. Is there anything else you want to, like is anything else you want to add? I mean, a great piece of sage advice, something that you've heard that you want to share, anything like that? I think my it's not really advice, but I think it's time that we all, you know, facing aging in a positive way in order to age smart and age well. Women are living successfully active, healthy lives well into their 80s and 90s and even hundreds. And um, from Oprah Winfrey to Brooke Shields to Michelle Obama, I mean, I just look at these women and I'm in awe. And I looked at Queen Elizabeth and just think about 
what an amazing life. And just like she just aged so gracefully, you know, I just think like her presence and um, there's so much to be thankful for. And I just think, you know, we're, we're in a good spot right now. And I just think it's, there's an opportunity to learn and to um, apply what we've learned to your own health. And I think more, more and more women are getting that right now. And I am thankful to some of the amazing celebrities that are sharing their own journeys, because I do think sometimes it, that's what it takes for other women to get on board and to realize that it's okay. Like it's okay. I just saw, who was it? Was it Kate Winslet? Somebody remove all their makeup. I think it was her. Wasn't it? I just saw that on Instagram and she was like, look, this is, this is, me, you know? And I love that. I just, it makes them more relatable, more human. And, you know, let's be honest when we're 80, we're going to look back and be like, we were so young in our midlife, you know, and we're wasting all this time. Yeah. And negative energy, like just focusing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I've got some wonderful, including my mom, who's in her eighties. That's just like, you're in a, this is a great, you're in a great age, you know, you're in a great age. Just embrace it. Enjoy it. Like this is, this is good. You know, and I, I do, you know, we do. So it's just giving us permission to take a deep breath and to embrace where we're at with our lives and to hug others that are, and, and let other, other women, you know, share our success. Mm -hmm. Um, and just say like, it's okay. This is turning 40 is not bad. Like it's a sisterhood. It's a sisterhood. It definitely is. It definitely is. And you know, listen, you can go, if you don't like where you are in life, you can go back to school. You can change careers. You can, I mean, if it's, if it's midlife, you're in the middle, you still got a lot of time left. So, you know, that's how you should live your life. You know, if you don't like where you are, change it, you know, might be scary, might be scary, but you know, that's life. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much, Beth. Now, where can people find you? What can they, what can they find if they go to wealthywomen.org, right? Healthy women. So healthywomen.org. Um, and they can find information from A to Z about women's health. Everything's medically vetted. Um, so, uh, it goes through a medical advisory uh, board. Um, it's, you know, uh, scientifically backed. So you can get that trusted, credible information that you can use to educate yourself as well as your family, your healthcare professionals. Um, and we look at women from 35 to 64, making sure that we answer her questions. And I think one of the, the, one of the areas that I'm so most proud of on our site is that we, we talk to real women, um, and real women share their stories. So you will not feel alone. We, we invite you, we hold your hand, we give you a hug and we make sure we point you in the right direction. We'll hold your hand and take you to wherever you need to go to find more information or more support. That's how we that's started. And that's our, that's how amazing. we, our mission. You hold your hand, you hold her hand. Hold hand. That's awesome. Right. That's, that's great. Well, I'll leave, I'll leave a link in the show notes. Okay. And, um, I guess, I guess that's it. Do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? Just take care of you. <laughs> I love it. Care of okay. you. Thanks so much, bud. Okay. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-aging podcast bi-weekly, so please 
contact Lauren at boundof30.com for sponsorship opportunities. Take care, everyone. And remember, age smart and age well. Until next time. Bye.